All right, uh, fellow deplorables, Neanderthals, uh, fellow patriots, uh, any of you out there listening, uh, welcome again to the Rhino Report. I'm Ryan Horn, another episode. Uh, I'll be flying the, this episode solo. Um, we've uh, been keeping an eye, of course, on a lot of the uh, gun control regisla- legislation that's going through uh, you know, Washington, D.C. right now. Uh, you know, very concerning to me as a uh, person that values liberty and freedom. Um, back on March 3rd, they actually, the House did pass a bill to, basically is going to criminalize uh, private gun sales. We talked about this um, in a previous episode, and uh, it has now been passed by the House, and it's going to basically make any background check not done by the FBI a crime. Um, we already know, those of us that live in Illinois, the background check procedure what a you know nightmare it's become um you know that we have the foid cards here i had a few of you on the facebook page uh gave some horror stories uh some of you waiting up to a year to get a foid card concealed carry permit and sometimes just a simple renewal um you know they say the average wait time is about four months but i think that would probably be best case scenario from what i'm seeing it's been much longer for most other people um, you know, people that have clean records and, you know, should not take anywhere near this time to, to move through, but nonetheless, it is doing that. And it's about to get a lot worse if, uh, this bill has its way and passes on through the Senate and then signed, uh, by Mr. Biden. Uh, it will, uh, make it very much harder and a much longer process for legal citizens, uh, law abiding citizens to get firearms. Now, as we all know, the criminals, uh, a lot of them are already convicted felons and, uh, you know, they can't legally buy a gun anyway. So this is not really going to impact how they get weapons. Um, and, uh, you know, they don't pursue, uh, legal avenues to get them anyway, but for the people that are law abiding citizens, this is going to add a lot of additional red tape, long process to the, uh, overall, uh, already long process. So it's going to get difficult for, uh, for a lot of law abiding people. Um, if you've kept up on the news lately, as we know, I mean, we have had a few recent mass shootings. Uh, of course, we had one in Georgia and then one earlier in the week here uh, in Colorado. And, uh, you know, before all the facts are out, once again, the Democrats are screaming for gun control and the uh, usual rhetoric of a quote unquote assault weapons ban, even though an AR-15, any of us that know anything about firearms, know it is not a quote unquote assault rifle you know it is a semi-automatic it uh you pull the trigger once it fires one round but uh nonetheless they prey on the ignorance of their base many of whom know nothing of firearms and care nothing for freedom or liberty for that matter and uh they continue to push this narrative and uh they are really pushing hard and they just seem to at this point not want to pass on this opportunity to uh you know to move into uh you know, getting some of their gun control legislation just rammed through. And uh, I have concerns not only on that, but with them wanting to eliminate the filibuster. Um, again, any of us that know history know our founding fathers. They uh, they certainly wanted a process that was uh, slow and deliberate. And we took our times and, uh, you know, the rights of uh, minorities and others, you know, people in the minority, uh, had some type of representation. That's part of what the filibusters through, because, you know, we're a constitutional republic. We are not a democracy. You know, as Thomas Jefferson said, democracy is a mob rule where the 51 percent uh, 
vote to take away the rights of the other 49. And uh, we are not a majority rural society, despite, uh, you know, the Democrats' best efforts to make people believe that. But if they eliminate the filibuster, they very easily ram this through, even with a 50-50 tie in the Senate. The pretend uh, vice president, Ms. Harris, cast the decide vote, deciding vote, and uh, there they go. They got their gun control legislation and anything else that they want to ram through. This should scare and alarm anyone. And, you know, I would uh, say to contact your your senators, uh, some of us, I think, like in the state I'm in, I'm not even sure it'd be worth doing. Uh, the, you know, many of them are certainly not uh, friends of uh, the Second Amendment or freedom. But uh, if you are in a state where your senator you think is uh, one that is a supporter of the Second Amendment and the Constitution, I would definitely give them a call and make sure that they are on board to protect your rights and freedoms. Because if this bill passes, the Second Amendment as we've known it is over. And I've always said, and I know many other people say, if we lose the Second Amendment, all the other constitutional rights are going to go with it. We cannot protect uh, any other of our liberties if we lose that one. You know, it's so important. Our founding fathers knew that that's why they put it in was to, uh, you know, to make sure that uh, that we could protect our rights and liberties from tyranny. So if we lose that, uh, it is going to be America as we've known it basically going to be over. Um, you know, some other things that Democrats and, you know, uh, the pretend president Biden has said that's disturbed me, uh, not only related to guns, but uh, I don't know if you all saw recently where he said that uh, if you're a good uh, loyal subject and uh, a good minion and you get uh, both of your shots, that you might and might be in the key, you know, bold underlying word here, you might be allowed to have a 4th of July barbecue with your family. Now, I don't know about any of you, but no president or any elected official is going to tell me how I'm going to celebrate Independence Day with how many people or, you know, how I'm going to go about it, what family I can have, how many. I mean, honestly, any elected official can stick it in their ass as far as I'm concerned about telling me how I'm going to celebrate uh, the, you know, my independence and my freedom and the, you know, that I enjoy in this country. So that should disturb everyone and show that the way the current administration does view the constitution and your freedom. They will take these rights away from you because they care nothing about these rights. Um, they don't view government as many of us, and you know, that listen to this show do that, uh, you know, they work for us. And this is a country of, you know, rights and liberties and freedoms that are protected by the constitution and cannot be taken away. They don't see that. They see that as uh, you know, whatever you have is given to you by the government and by their grace and mercy and the, the government and the CDC and World Health Organization and all these massive bureaucracies, that's, you know, who grants you whatever freedom or liberty they decide that you can have. And that ought to scare the crap out of any of you what they are wanting to do. And I say, you know, wake up, take note of what's going on, because if these rights are lost, they're lost for good. Again, we will not get these back. You know, so many times we've seen this in history that when rights are gone and when they're taken away, um, they very rarely are ever gotten back, not without a battle or a struggle. So definitely, uh, it's definitely something that you have to keep, uh, keep an eye on because it's, uh, you know, it's something that unfortunately I think, uh, they're going to continue to try to do. And, uh, we have to, uh, we have to stay firm and keep fighting because these are rights that uh, we cannot allow them to take away. And uh, 
if the law enforcement, uh, you know, is being restricted like they are and they continue to try to, you know, eliminate or greatly reduce the law enforcement that we have along with disarming law-abiding citizens, this country becomes a very, very scary place uh, literally overnight. So take note, support your law enforcement, support your Second Amendment rights and uh, your other rights and liberties that are guaranteed by the Constitution because uh, there are plenty of uh, elected officials right now that uh, have no problem trying to, uh, you know, take those away. So uh, more on law enforcement as policing and things as we go. Uh, this is something that I wanted to talk about, too. It's not gotten a lot of attention nationwide and not even really a lot around here, but I wanted to make sure that it uh, gets some coverage here. And uh, this was recently in Chicago. Uh, Chicago rep proposed House Bill 3961. This requires new police officers, these are new, that are hired after this is passed, to have at least a bachelor's degree. Um, as you know, some of you know, I do teach uh, adjunct at a few colleges around here. Uh, you know, I have a master's degree myself. Big proponent of education, especially for law enforcement. However, uh, I don't think uh, we should be in the business of making it mandatory. And the reason why, this was passed in Chicago. And, uh, you know, I'm broadcasting from southern Illinois, downstate Illinois, rural part of the state. Very small departments. You know, some departments are just, you know, a few officers. And, uh, you know, not offer a lot of pay, really hard to get somebody to maybe, you know, even do some of these jobs in some of these smaller departments. This is going to drastically cut the field uh, of people that are going to be eligible to even do this type of work or may even want to, especially with, you know, student loan payments like they are. It may be hard if the pay is not that good, you know, to begin with. And uh, the other issue I have with this bill that you must major or minor in social work. Uh, most of us, like myself, I got my bachelor's degree in, at, you know, criminal justice. Uh, same with the master's. And uh, most people that go in this work do have, uh, you know, the bachelor's degree in criminal justice or, you know, are somewhat of a related field. But, uh, you know, a major or minor in social work, an actual requirement again, is going to drastically eliminate uh, the uh, pool of candidates that you're going to have available for it. And again, I'm, you know, I'm a civil libertarian. I believe in freedom. I believe departments should have the right to set this. Now, if there are departments out there in Illinois that want to require a bachelor's degree that, you know, and it has to be a major or minor in social work, I think they ha should have that right to do so. I don't think departments should be mandated to do that by state law. And that may be some troubles and issues and things that we might run into. Because, um, again, I think this is going to have a big, uh, unfortunately, negative impact on uh, smaller departments, especially. Again, uh, a lot of them are struggling to get by financially. Um, you know, with the pandemic we've had this last year, uh, you know, a lot of people are out of work, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, tax revenues, and I'm sure, are down in a lot of areas because, you know, people just aren't working and able to, you know, put money in the system like they would have been before. So, you know, this could in the long term here, departments face some uh, some shortfalls and uh, this could put, you know, additional restrictions and things that, uh, you know, are already, you know, hard for some departments to get by on. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of departments, especially these smaller ones, they're just not going to be able to pay enough to uh, 
mandate, you know, somebody with a bachelor's degree work there. Now, you know, again, I think it's great that, you know, many people in law enforcement now have them. I know when I started out, you know, back in the nineties, there were some that I worked with and started out with it did, but it, it wasn't as nearly as common as it is now. But again, it should not be mandatory. It should be up to the individual department, I think, to, uh, to allow this. Now, this again is, you know, something that would affect new hires, you know, officers and police that are working now, my understanding the way this works, they will be grandfathered in. They're not going to be, uh, you know, mandated to have to, uh, you know, to leave or, you know, or have X amount of time to get their bachelor's degree in social work or they're out or, or whatnot. But, um, again, this, uh, is something that, uh, it's going to drastically change how many people may want to do it. And I have, you know, concerns and fears anyway about, you know, the anti-police rhetoric that are out here and, uh, you know, the defunding police movements and things like that, that are going on. It is going to drastically, uh, you know, change, I think the amount of people that, uh, sign up for it. It's really too early to tell, you know, as far as what I can tell in the classes I've taught, but I have, you know, already in some even seen a slight, uh, you know, slight reduction in, uh, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's signed up even in one semester. So I don't know. I hope, uh, more are able to, uh, continue to do that. Again, we need people to do this. Um, first episode, I talked about the dangers of them wanting to eliminate qualified immunity, which, uh, is a really dangerous thing because we have to have, uh, you know, we have to have that protection for people to, you know, step up and do this kind of work. So, um, it is going to be interesting how this plays out. I haven't seen, uh, yet whether or not this has gotten into, uh, made it to the Senate and, you know, it ultimately have to be signed by the governor. But, um, this, uh, this comes at an odd time because those of you that might know, you know, um, the, a bachelor's degree used to be required to be an Illinois state trooper back. Uh, I think when I was in college getting my bachelor's degree, in criminal justice, it was uh, a requirement. And just, uh, I think last year or the year before, it has been lowered to uh, an associate's degree again, which uh, at one of the schools I teach at, we were pretty excited and felt like this would be good for enrollment, you know, because a lot of people, you know, are wanting to be a state trooper. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, in the recent years with anti-police rhetoric and things like that, uh, people just aren't signing up as much to uh, to be a police officer, even a state trooper, you know, as great as the pay and benefits are for Illinois state troopers, uh, not as many people uh, were signing up for it. So they have moved it back down to have an associate's degree, which is a great paying job, you know, for just an associate's degree. But it's odd that, you know, the Illinois state police have gone to this, you know, way to try to bolster and, and pick up the in recruitment numbers. And, you know, here, I think this would lead us in the opposite direction. You know, this is going to force more departments to have to have an even harder time to get people on board. So it will be interesting to see how to play out. We are going to keep our eye on this and kind of see where it goes, where it'll affect the future of people wanting to uh, sign up and, uh, and do this work because uh, I like to recruit it. We need good young men and women to do this kind of work. Uh, we need police. We need law enforcement. They have to keep us safe. Um, without them in society, we have anarchy and uh, we need them to protect our rights and liberties. It, it's, you know, most important at the grassroots and ground level, you know, right in your hometown. So, uh, you know, we need to get behind and support them and hope we can continue to have uh, good people sign up and, and continue to do this kind of work. So here, uh, 
going to move into the section that we always do, you know, towards the end, uh, talking about dogs. And I was going to allow a little bit extra time than I normally do tonight. Um, this is a kind of a sad episode in a way, because, uh, just, uh, three days ago, um, we, uh, we lost our beloved beagle Twinkie. Um, she had battled, uh, congestive heart failure for about the last eight or nine months. And, uh, you know, was able to treat it for a while with medication and then, unfortunately uh that wasn't working anymore and we were having her drained about every couple of weeks and then it was getting to the point where about every week she was filling up so uh now you know i mean it got to the point where you know she just no longer would eat and was unable to keep going so we had to make the heartbreaking decision to uh you know let her rest and head on to the uh rainbow bridge so tonight i am dedicating this episode in her honor um, a lot of you that have beagles know they are the sweetest most loving and gentle dogs out there and uh, she certainly was that case there. Uh, so I'm going to uh, definitely donate this uh, or uh, dedicate this episode to Twinkie. Um, but I wanted to also on this episode, um, you know, we always talk about fostering and, you know, we do have a foster right now. Anyone out there that's uh, looking, I have shared this information on the Rhino Report Facebook page and my own personal Facebook page. We have a, uh, she looks to be possibly Aussie Shepherd, maybe Pyrenees. Uh, you know, possibly even border collie, we don't know, but some type of herding breed. Um, you know, she's still young, probably about 13 weeks, maybe. Um, she is available. Uh, you can check out the information on my Facebook page or on the Rhino Report Facebook page. Um, she is still available if anyone's wanting to adopt her. Uh, she would be a great addition to anybody's home. And uh, again, I always, you know, can't advocate that enough for those of you out there that are listening. You know, definitely take the time to foster uh, if you can, um, if you can't, uh, donate some money or supplies to your local shelter. And, uh, you know, if you can't afford to do that, but you have some extra time, donate. They always need help, uh, you know, cleaning cages, taking the dogs out, uh, you name it. And, you know, as I always will say, support your local shelter and not, uh, you know, the scams. I wouldn't say scams, but, you know, I think some of them probably are that, uh, you know, these emotional ads, like we've seen on television, we've talked about in other episodes, you know, they pull at your heartstrings with the sad music and the heartbreaking videos of the dogs and cats that are suffering. And, you know, that is going on, but what we always want to try to advocate on this program and to make people aware of is that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not always what it seems to be. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about in other episodes, these organizations, unfortunately donate very little money out there, you know, that will actually go towards, you know, the actual care of the animal rescue and, and treating the animals in need. And we've seen that with other shelters, you know, unfortunately, I mean, uh, with other types of charities, um, we've seen other ones that, you know, research has shown that only do about, uh, you know, 10 cents on the dollar to actually help, uh, the cause that they're supposed to. So you got to read between the lines and, and do some research. And speaking of research, I did find out something quite interesting um, in talking to a friend of ours that runs a shelter where we do this fostering, a lady that runs a shelter of the foster puppy that we have right now, Miss Paisley. And uh, interesting that she talked about that often misleads people is the term humane society. Um, when you hear humane society, um, you know, we automatically think, you know, an organization that cares for pets, animals, dogs, cats, you know, but uh, I it, I was not even aware of this as long as I've been involved in, uh, you know, fostering and, uh, you know, helping the shelters and pet care and 
and whatnot that, you know, she told me it's interesting to note that any organization can refer to themselves as a humane society or uh, the prevention, the society of prevention of cruelty to animals or some type of fancy title like that. But they're not always engaged in that. But when people hear these titles, they automatically think that means they are a good, reputable agency. But you have to keep in mind there isn't anything per se that regulates, uh, you know, them being able to use or not use that title. So pretty much anyone out there can call themselves a humane society and be very little or nothing of the sort. So, um, again, do the research, check this out. That's the beauty of the age we live in, in the digital internet, social media age we live in. I mean, the information we have is unlimited, what we can find and check out there. So you have to, you have to dig and you have to look in and see, and you have to do a little bit of the research and find that, uh, a lot of this out there. Yeah. A lot of them just simply aren't what they, uh, say and pretend to be. And, uh, you know, uh, this lady has told me about some of these agencies that use that name and uh, will oftentimes not help uh, local shelters take in some uh, smaller, uh, you know, some smaller shelters when they need help, uh, take in needy animals or, you know, they're very selective on what they take. But, you know, in this day and age, it's all about the public image and the persona and what you give off. And unfortunately, some of them give off an image that they do a lot of good work and they do a lot of things to help, uh, these animals in need. And, uh, you find out, like I said, they do very little and in some cases none, but, uh, they certainly take in, you know, the money. So again, do the homework, find out. And that's why I'm so much more of an advocate. I think it's easier to do your, to support your local shelter because you can actually, you know, on a personal level, get to know the people that run these and maybe other people that volunteer and help them out. And, you know, other people that foster, I mean, I know my wife and I have met so many other friends that we've made by doing this you know, and been able to network and make connections and uh, friends we never would have met otherwise. And even friends we never would have met just by sending a check to a national, uh, you know, agency that, uh, you know, runs these emotional commercials, like we said. So, you know, get to the heart of the matter, check it out and uh, support local. I still say that's the best, uh, best road that you can take because uh those are the ones that need the help they run on shoestring budgets they don't get the big donations like the the fancy ones or maybe the ones that are you know using fancy names like humane society and and whatnot so you know look around find the ones that need your help they and like i said most of the local shelters they need it all they need people to volunteer you know physical uh work and they need people to donate money supplies um, there's plenty of them that need, you know, a shelter to stay at, you know, that a lot of these dogs are really sad. And, you know, when they're locked up like that and, you know, we've been able to see them come here and just instantly become so happy because they're in a home environment, a loving environment. They're around our dogs and it's just so much different and so much better for them than having to be at the shelter. And it helps break them in, you know, and get used to a home life again. And they're much more ready to break into a new home when they are adopted. So again, if you can do those things, I 100% recommend it. They are so much, uh, you know, so much needed and so much uh, necessary. So check these out. So, yeah, don't always think just because an organization is calling itself a humane society that uh, they are anything like that. So so this will uh, be April 1st. You'll hear this uh, April Fool's Day. But unfortunately, folks, the things that are going on in criminal justice and uh you know, some of the and things going on with the politics that are related to that and, uh, you know, assaults on our liberties. Uh, they're not a joke. And uh, 
again, keep an eye on it. Um, the next episode after this one, uh, I planned, as I said before, uh, my friend and last guest, Greg Ulinchich, will be joining me again. And uh, if any of you are interested in self-defense uh, on Monday nights at the Gold's Gym in Marion, Illinois, I believe beginning at 6 p.m., he is going to be having karate classes. And I've done some martial arts with him, you know, over the years. Great instructor, great program. Uh, you know, so get out there and, uh, you know, stay in shape and help protect yourself. Um, and uh, he will be on there and we're going to talk about uh, big tech censorship and uh, big tech looking at everything you do and say. And I'd love to hear some of your stories, how maybe something you've casually talked about, you know, on the phone or just in the presence of your phone. And the next thing you know, your Facebook ad is flooded with, you know, pages flooded with ads for that. That's happened to me. And I know it's happened to most of you listening. I'd actually, I, I would like to get some uh, personal stories from you on incidents you've had like that. I know personally, I've been put in Facebook jail a lot. Uh, I know a lot of other fellow uh, patriots that have had that done to them. Uh, maybe some stories on that um, because big tech has gotten way out of line. I mean, when they can shut down the president of the United States, uh, that's when, in my opinion, they've gone too far. But uh, that will be for the next episode. And of course, more dog advocacy, uh, you know, maybe give you an update on Paisley if we found a home to get her adopted. So, uh, and of course, as we promised the last episode, we are going to talk about uh, one of the most depraved serial killers in American history. We plan to also um, talk about the BD, BTK killer, Dennis Rader. So uh, be sure and tune in for that. But uh, I thank all of you for tuning in. Uh, wish everybody, uh, you know, happy Easter, Passover, all the, you know, seasons that are coming up, uh, you know, and uh, be safe out there, protect your liberties, and uh, God bless and take care till we meet again.